Crown of Thorns by Iris Bluefig Chapter 63 For Sorrow Uriel woke to the startling, sea-reflected light of morning through the picture window. She blinked, eyes dry, unable to call what she'd dreamed. The warm, constant weight against her shoulder was Raphael. He'd huddled into the curve of her right arm and fallen asleep there, concerned. Next to Uriel on the arm of the sofa was her phone. It never needed charging, because where was the sense in that? She picked it up, studying the fleet of messages on its screen. They were all from Crowley, and all sent within the past twenty minutes. Her skin prickled. Uriel shifted Raphael into the pile of throw pillows. She stood up and perused the texts, running an agitated hand through her hair. Snoozed and lost, as in Peppa Book Club breakfast in progress at cafe. Illiterate losers brunch imminent because Soph stopped by. No Adam. Nothing wrong, mind. He's an LT for the weekend uncling Sarah's kids. Jude's brood got names yesterday. Are you not bloody curious to find out? P.S. Found Tim Horton's fruit explosion muffins clone recipe. Baking now. Fuck you, dude, said Uriel, spurred into action, doing little more than pull on a hoodie over her threadbare pyjamas and jam her feet into the pink crocs she'd bought to piss off Crowley. Several attempts at waking Raphael, talking, shaking him, sticking her tongue in his ear, failed. Only then did she notice the empty wine bottle and ashtray on the floor. Fine, she said, mussing Raphael's jagged ginger fringe so it covered his eyes. Sleep it off. Uriel biked to the cottage, and Crowley gave her a double take when he answered the door. I know you can't catch your death, Crowley said gloomily. But it is still February. Only for three more days, she said, tailing him over to the espresso machine. Counting today. To their right, the oven radiated syrup-sweet heat, smelling of mixed berries and dried russets. Careful, it's full, Crowley cautioned, handing Uriel one of the two mugs he'd pulled from the tray beneath the steamer. I offered to make Soph one too, but she hates maple. Awesome! Uriel said, taking a greedy gulp of the latte. More for my homesick hoser ass. Crowley smiled over the rim of his mug, but the swift glint of his eyes darted to her footwear. I'd take those off if I were you, he said, deceptively mild, heading for the table to sit down. Where's Sophia? Uriel asked, swallowing more coffee, ignoring him. Bathroom? Garden? Shed. Crowley sighed, taking Aziraphale's habitual seat at the table. Feeding the riffraff. You relax and keep an eye on those muffins, Uriel said, gulping down what remained of her latte, ditching her mug at the empty seat next to him. I'm gonna go see the babies. Don't come back alone, Crowley cautioned, flipping through the puzzle book Aziraphale had left lying there this time. Ten minutes. If you're late, you don't get hot ones. That's all the time I need, thought Uriel, stepping behind him, opening the sliding glass door with stiff fingers. All the time in our fragile world.
Freezing dew filtered in through the holes in her footwear, but it was a matter of seconds until she reached the shed. She pushed the door open, shivering into the lamp's warm glow. Sophia knelt next to Judith's nest, her impossibly dark hair, a loose spill over her bright blue coat. Hey, she said, glancing up with a grin, picking some straw from the wiggling balls of fluff in her lap. Meet Tony, Bruce and Natasha. As soon as Rob heard it was two boys and a girl. That little nerd, Uriel said, dropping to a crouch before Sophia, reaching to brush the nearest duckling's head. Who's who? Can't tell them apart. Sophia laughed, eyes crinkling, and it was then that Uriel noticed how exhausted she looked. Me neither, she admitted. Not yet. As long as Jude and Crowley can, that's what matters. Judith, who'd been lying in the straw with her head half-tucked under her wing, hissed at Uriel. Her five sisters, drowsing in a cluster nearby, lifted their heads warily. Sophia set her hand on Judith's feathery back. Shh, shh, don't wake the aunties. One of the ducklings nipped Uriel's finger, breaking her reverie. Everything slid into focus. Which daughter? Uriel said, lifting her hand to Sophia's cheek. My head's gone quiet. Do you have something to tell me? Sophia flinched. Isn't this supposed to happen the other way round? You're the angel. Uriel took her turn to laugh, stroking Sophia's face as Sophia tearfully leaned into her touch. Fear not, she admitted, isn't a thing I can say in good conscience. It'll be scary. Ask Jude. I woke up sick. Can't blame a hangover, can I? Mandy's unwedding was two weeks ago. Haven't drunk since. Sophia gave the ducklings back to their mother. I'm no virgin either. And I'm sure as hell not going to tell you what to name your kid. Uriel agreed, finding she needed to wipe her eyes. That is, she went on, if... I'm ready. Sophia insisted, collecting herself with impressive speed. Don't tell the others. You should do it. Uriel agreed. When you're sure. The silence in my head could be nothing. Maybe you ate a bad salad. Sophia shook her head as Tamar, nudging her slender bill at Uriel first, flapped and waddled over. In sorrow shalt thou bring forth children, she said, feeding Tamar a piece of mango. KJV. The JPS Tanaka's more straightforward. It just says in pain. Did you know the device line's Jewish? Into England, out of France in the 1100s. They didn't leave after the 1290 edict, just hid. Hid in plain sight like so many. Agnes's son, John, kept his father's name. Nutters become devices, and life goes on. Device pulsifers become youngs, Uriel murmured. All that's left of the book is note cards for a bedtime story. And Biggles said Sophia, seeming full of sudden, astonishing hope. We mustn't forget that. Crown of Thorns will continue in Chapter 64.